Every night they would make us Indian food as well. It was so good. We had that experience. DCL Duel fans, just a quick announcement before we get into tonight's episode. We are running a special promotion along with our show sponsor, My Path Unwinding Travel. If you are one of the first 10 DCL Duel listeners that books their next fabulous Disney Cruise Line vacation with My Path Unwinding Travel, they will send you for free a book that Disney published all about the building of the Disney Wish. We have a copy from The Maiden Voyage and actually a couple of additional copies from the DVC Charter right after, but they stopped giving them out on board as of the DVC Charter. So if you'd like a copy of this book, all about the building of the Disney Wish. Be one of our first 10 listeners to head over to book your next Disney Cruise Line vacation with My Path Unwinding. As a bonus, if you're one of the first 10 listeners who also books a concierge room, Karen and her team are going to send you a limited edition DCL concierge pin that was being sold on board until recently. This was a pin you could only buy if you were staying in concierge. They've got a new version of it out now that we think is not as good as the old version. So we really love the old version of this pin and Karen and her team will send you one if you are one of the first 10 listeners to book a vacation and book in concierge. And as as an added bonus, because you are DCL Duo fans, we will make sure that we also get you a DCL Duo swag package with some magnets and one of our coveted beach bags with your pick of one of our fabulous DCL Duo designed logos. We have one for each ship, including the Wish. We're coming out with one for the Treasure. So if you want one of those beach bags, head over to My Path Unwinding to book your vacation. It's a great opportunity for our listeners. We hope you will head over via our link, mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo to book your vacation. Or if you reach out to them directly, please let them know the DCL Duo sent you so you can take advantage of this promotion. With that, on to our episode. Welcome back, everybody, to this week's episode of the DCL Duo podcast brought to you by my path unwinding travel. And I have to welcome back my lovely co-host, the hostess with the mostest, Samantha. Welcome. Why, thanks, Brian. Happy to be here. You should be because you flew in last night from New York. You uh, you traveled all the way across country to be with us for this show today. So That's I'm right. Really and and boy, are my arms tired. Yeah. Uh, leave the dad jokes to the dad. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we have an exciting show today because we're going to be talking two things that we love, although one we've, we've, yet, we've yet to experience. We're supposed to do it this Christmas, but we're going to do it next Christmas, which is we're going to be talking about Disney cruising and... Adventures by Disney. So I got to welcome our guest to the show who had these two awesome experiences that she's come on to share with us. And so welcome, Kelly. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Yeah, yeah I'm really excited. So Kelly, we love to start with folks's, you know, Disney background and, you know, cruising background. I think maybe I'll ask you, what's your background like with Disney Cruise Line? And uh, was this your first Adventures by Disney or do you have more experience with them too? Uh, This was our first Adventures by Disney, but we've been on, this was our ninth Disney cruise. We went on our first in 2015. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Have you been on all four ships now? Yes. And later this year, we will be on the Wish as well, Christmas. Awesome. Wonderful. What what kind of sailings have you taken with Disney? Uh, Obviously, we're going to be talking about your Mediterranean cruise today, but what other kinds of itineraries have you done with Disney? We've done a bunch. We've done Alaska, um, Eastern and Western Caribbean. We've done the the Star Wars Day at Sea and also Marvel Day at Sea. Have you sailed other cruise lines uh, besides Disney? We have years ago, never with our children. Um, My husband and I have gone on a few celebrity cruises. And then when I was younger, I had been on Royal Caribbean and uh, Carnival as well. And a long time ago, I was on the Big Red Boat as a teenager when that was kind of the Disney cruise. 
Oh yeah, the precursor to the the Disney Cruise. We we did a show early on in our uh, catalog of shows. We did a show on uh, somebody who had been on the Big Red Boat to kind of talk about that experience versus what the experience is today. Very very different, obviously. But yeah, it was sort of the Disney dipping its toe into the cruising industry. Yeah, pr- premier cruise lines was what it was. Uh, the cruise line. Yeah, I, was, I, was, I think it was uh, John Maroon, wasn't it, Sam, that we had on to talk about premier cruise lines? That's right. Yep. Yeah. So uh, you can go head back in our back catalog for that one. <laughs> it's so funny to think we have a back catalog. I know. Uh, I know. Well, Kelly, we want to spare no time discussing all of the exciting things that you got to do. And so your short escape adventures by Disney, I think, preceded your cruise. Is that right? That's right. It was in Barcelona for a few days before our first cruise. So what made you decide to go with Adventures by Disney for your time before the cruise? We've been very pleased with Disney Cruise Line and, you know, when we go to Disney World. So we expected great service from them. And we've heard a lot about Adventures by Disney. And we thought the short escape was a great way to try it instead of committing to a long trip with them. How long was that itinerary for the, the short escape? It was three nights, but really only two full days. So we arrived in Barcelona um, five days before our cruise. So we did some stuff on our own as well. And then the night, it starts one evening. There's a welcome dinner and then it's two full days. And then they brought us directly to the cruise ship. So it kind of helps you with some of the transfers as well as giving you a taste of the city that you're starting in, right? It does. And even though we arrived um, a few days before our adventure began, they still picked us up at the airport. And after a very long flight, and a long line in customs. It was really awesome. We got to the um, baggage carousel and they already had all of our bags for us on a luggage cart and to bring us right to our transportation to the hotel. That was really nice because we were very tired at that point. Yeah, that's some great service. I did not realize that if you were coming coming off and it wasn't on the sort of the date that you would start. Wow, that's an amazing benefit. Yeah, I was really surprised. We did stay at the same hotel to prevent having to pack and unpack. So I don't know if we stayed at a different hotel if they would have done that, but we did stay at the same hotel, which was a great hotel. So they offered that to us and we accepted it because it was um, very helpful. Had you guys ever been to Barcelona before? No, we had never been to Spain before. For our kids, it was the first time going to Europe. Uh, my husband and I have been to uh, had been to Europe a bunch when we were younger, but it had been twenty years since we had been in Europe, and we had never been to Spain. Yeah, and that's I, th- I think we should just pause for one second, Sam, and define we here. So it's you, your husband, and it sounds like two kids. We have three children. 11-year-old boy, 13-year-old girl, and 15-year-old boy. And uh, my father-in-law joined us for the Adventures by Disney and our first cruise. And then my husband's brother and sister-in-law and niece joined us for the first cruise. So we had some visitors during the trip. And then part of the, at the end of the trip, it was uh, just the five of us. Yeah, big group there. Um, you said you spent some time in Barcelona before the adventure even started. I'm curious, how did you decide what to do for those few days knowing that you had this ABD that's probably going to whisk you to all the big sites? Did you have some like smaller things in mind that you wanted to do or how'd you spend that time? You know, I love planning vacations. I think it's almost as much fun as going. So I I knew that we were going to the major sites with Adventures by Disney. Did a lot of research on the internet. Um, The first day, we didn't want to fall asleep. We were trying to prevent jet lag. So we did um, an e-bike tour through Barcelona. I mean, it was beautiful. We got to see so much of it. We had never done e-bikes before. My youngest is kind of just getting old enough. So we were able to go up Montjuic, that big hill, and have a great panorama, uh, panoramic view. Our guide was really knowledgeable. So it was an awesome first way to see the city and kind of of um, an active way to stay awake and not fall asleep on our first day. The second day, 
did a tours by local tour where we took a train to Girona and then he brought us to the Costa Brava and to a bunch of um, medieval villages. And that day was probably one of the highlights of my trip. What, what kinds of resources, you know, you said you're really big into the planning. What kinds of resources were you mostly using for planning, in particular for planning those, those three days? I, I look at TripAdvisor and read reviews. Um, I was on some Facebook groups for our Mediterranean cruises. So the bike tour I found from a fellow traveler who was also going to be on our first Mediterranean cruise. And then a lot of times, you know, I just look up like day trips near Barcelona and, and read a lot about it. We've used tours by locals before and we've always liked them. So once I found places that we were interested in going, like Costa Brava and Girona, then I started to look at tours by locals that were offered. So I'm curious, where did they put you up? What kind of hotel were you in? And, uh, you know, what was it like? Because the European hotels tend to be different than American hotels. They do. This was very similar to an American hotel. Um, We stayed at the Silken Grand Havana Hotel in Barcelona. They didn't have big rooms. So there were six of us when we were there. So we had two rooms of three and three was the maximum size room they had. But it had a beautiful rooftop pool. And every night we would wind down there and had a beautiful view of the city. There was a breakfast every morning and it was better than any hotel breakfast that I've had in the United States. It had a great selection of food and um, you know they had an omelet station. Not quite as fancy as Cabana's, but it really did have a good selection. Um, so we were really pleased with the hotel. I heard one of your guests on another episode say that sometimes they don't do adventures by Disney, but they look at the hotels they select. And I think that's a really good idea. I think we might do that next year for London because they picked such a great hotel. It was in a good location, had great services. Um, The rooftop uh, pool was one of our favorite things that that hotel offered. Yeah, I am. I am still chasing the coffee that we had at a hotel we stayed in in Italy ages ago now. <laughs> so those European hotel breakfasts can be pretty can be pretty delicious for sure. They were like our yogurt was delicious. We loved the yogurt that they had at that buffet. Well, we get to the point where you're doing your ABD tour. Talk to us about what that experience was like. How were the guides and the food and the sites? And I know ABD is sort of famous for special access kind of opportunities. And so yeah, talk us through the tour. So we had three guides. Two of them were Adventures by Disney employees. And they didn't give us like detailed information about the history or the sites, but they were there for everything. They had bags full of anything you might need, snacks, band-aids. They were kind of like a friend on the journey. And they did all the introductions and they ate meals with all of us. um, And they were fabulous. And then we had a separate tour guide who would meet us on the bus to, you know, explain the history and architecture of the sites. And we went to some wonderful places and some beautiful restaurants. We went to La Familia Sagrada, I mean, La Sagrada Familia. We didn't have to wait at all. I know that's one of the most visited sites in Europe. So we went into a little side door. We waited about one or two minutes to go through security checks. And then we were able to go right in. We really never waited in in lines for anything. Transportation always was there. They also brought us to a a lovely flamenco show. And it was very authentic. It was was beautiful. And we had dinner there. Um, That was really unique. It's not something we probably would have chosen to do on our own. It was at a venue called Carmen's Table. And because I know there's a lot of touristy flamenco shows that might not be as authentic. But this was a really excellent, authentic one. And it was a really unique moving experience. I think even my teenage son enjoyed it, I think. So that's pretty impressive. Awesome. Did you have good paella served at the flamenco show? 
I feel like that's the typical. <laughs> I don't know. So my husband and I are vegetarian, but I don't think that's what the dinner was for the um, meat eaters. My daughter said it was steak, fish, or vegetables there, but they had paella at a lot of the other um, meals. So the meals are always at beautiful locations. Our welcome dinner was on Montjuic. Montjuic is a, it's not really a mountain, but it's like a hill. It's where the Olympic facilities used to be. A lot of parks and cultural venues are there and it has a beautiful view of the harbor. Uh, we had had a restaurant there that was on this terrace outdoors. That was our welcome dinner. So we're going to briefly have Chris join us for a second because he's come into the room to help Kelly with a computer issue. But Kelly has mentioned now, Chris has an interesting or controversial opinion about Adventures by Disney, and we could not resist getting that opinion. So Chris, what is your controversial opinion about Adventures by Disney? Well, not knowing exactly what has been said so far, I think you know my my expectations for Adventures by Disney were quite high just just because everything we've done with Disney has been you know very reliable and um, quite satisfying. But you know I think Adventures by Disney for me is should be really just marketed towards more of a I guess a demographic that would be more interested in a very packaged kind of bottled experience. That is not my generally how I like to travel or how we generally have traveled. It's it's you know I don't want to say it feels in some cases like kind of getting on a city tour bus and looking out the window, but there were times when it did have that kind of sensation. Where and that's fine. I mean, if there's there's that's a very efficient way to see a city and to do things. But that's I'm more of a you know kind of a see things, do things, touch things kind of kind of traveler. And uh, I just kind of felt like I, I was bottled up a bit with some of the tour groups. And that that's probably multifactorial. Uh, that's probably around, you know, you got to please a lot of people in a tour group, varying ages, varying fitness levels, varying abilities, varying interests. So for me, personally, I thought the experiences, you know, the actual destinations we went to were were, um, you know, the right ones. Uh, I just don't know if it was quite, you know, sort of spontaneous and open enough for my preference. Yeah, it's it's almost like you're 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 running the cruise like kind of experience where ship pulls up to port, you can choose from a kind of a bunch of different activities through the cruise line, not through the cruise line, or just step off the ship and go wander your own. Yeah, yeah, and and I think it for me it just it felt a little bit confining. I guess is maybe the right word. I think you're right. It probably is, but I also think it's more geared toward people who don't want to have to deal with a lot of the planning stuff and getting from point A to point B and want to take a kind of, you know, put themselves in somebody else's hands, take me to take me to all the places I might want to see rather than the more discerning traveler who wants to do something a little bit more off the beaten path. Yeah, and 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 when you say it like that, when you sort of put it in those in those terms, they they definitely check the boxes on all of those specific requirements for sure. That there is no question they executed that level of of service. And like I said, I I think everyone involved was very you know kind of professional and really uh, fun. I, I I wasn't a huge fan of the actual tours we got through Barcelona, but you know the Disney experience folks, uh, the Disney adventure folks were were amazing. One thing we both agreed on was that the duration of the meals was way too long. I mean, even as a, an adult, we had a hard time sitting still. So we went to beautiful venues, but we would be there for like two and a half or three hours. So we kind of wanted to get up and go and see more Barcelona. And we were just sitting there for a really long time. Those are long meals for sure. Yeah, especially if you have kids with you. I mean, it kind of makes sense for like the flamenco show one. It would be longer because you've got the dinner and the show combined. Right. And that one we didn't feel like it was too long. It yeah. was just the regular lunches and dinners. We were we were starting to get bored. And the selection wasn't what we expected. Like we ate at wonderful restaurants, which I'm sure had great menus. You know, I understand when you're serving a big group of people, 
and that can be difficult. So we had a pre-order. I think that's a good idea to pre-order so things will be ready when we arrive. But as vegetarians, they would just be like, this is what you're having. We wouldn't get to pick anything, not even two selections. And a lot of times it was like thick cheese sauce stuff that we wouldn't pick. We tried to eat pretty healthy. So a lot of times we premium we were paying, we were kind of not happy with the meals. We didn't always have much to eat and we would be stuck there for a couple hours. So yeah. well with the Flamenco show it didn't it did that that was fine. That was a lot of fun. We had a great time at that show. Those those folks were amazing. Yeah, that was a beautiful show. No, that makes sense. I mean I that's that's frustrating on the on the choice of food side. I think you're right. Any kind of group travel is probably going to be difficult in that regard. Um, you know, even even for us meat eaters, you know, you when you're with a big group, they typically give you only a couple of choices. I imagine with as a vegetarian, it's it's much worse in that you're like you said, you, there's one option and that's it. So that's a bummer. Yeah, on the cruise, there's so many choices as a vegetarian. Um, so we never have trouble on the cruise. Well, thanks for that hot take, Chris. We we do appreciate it. You know, we we say this about Disney Cruise Line all the time, right? Not every, well, not every cruise line is for every traveler, right? You know, not everybody even likes cruises, but I think the same can be said for other experiences like ABD. You might feel differently if you did like a, an African safari ABD though, <laughs> where you really do want somebody to get you from point A to point B, uh, where it's not like being in a big European city and, you know, where you'd feel comfortable getting around yourself. Yeah, I think that's an excellent point. I think, yeah, you know, uh, in some of the places where you really need to be sort of shepherded through some of the um, logistics of of getting to the place where you want to see, I think that that makes that's a really good point. Yeah, like we, we had a guest on recently who did the Egypt ABD and they like move between cities and there's a riverboat aspect. And, you know, so it's, yeah, it's a lot more logistics than maybe just seeing the sites in Barcelona for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think in that sense. circumstance, it would be very helpful going to a place like Egypt. I'm curious, you were talking about the food for a second. I'm curious, how were the meals? You know, did your kids enjoy them? I think our kids liked the food, but I think that the meals were just too long. So they almost started to dread the next meal because they didn't want to sit there for a very long time. Some of our kids are more adventurous than others. So we have a really picky eater. So he wasn't always happy with the food, but he ne- he really isn't happy if there's not mac and cheese and chicken fingers. So I don't blame any restaurant for not meeting his expectations. I mean, I'm not happy unless there's mac and cheese and chicken fingers, but I don't get that very often. So I, I can sympathize. <laughs> And Kelly, I'm curious, how did your kids do with the touring aspect? Was it interesting to them? Did they get engaged? I know sometimes they'll split the kids off from the rest of the tour to go do something while the adults are doing something else. And so I'm just curious, how, how did they how did they like the the ABD? For our trip, they didn't split the kids off. There were no real little children on our in our whole group. So they didn't split them up at all. One time there was an option for everybody to split off and we could do a hike at Montserrat or not do the hike. So we all chose to do the hike, which was beautiful. The serrated mountains at Montserrat, they're, they're gorgeous. But we did sometimes try to go off the trail to take some pictures and the adventure guys would get really nervous if we went off to the side. To, to, they didn't want us to fall off the cliffs. The touring part, I think, was hard for my sons. They're not as interested in architecture and art, but I don't think that's anyone's fault. They just like the more active parts, like being outside, seeing Montserrat. They would like to see things like the um, cathedrals, but they don't want to talk about them for a long time. So they did sometimes get, not just um, on Adventures by Disney, but throughout our European trip, they, they sometimes would get bored in like museums and churches and things like that. 
Yeah, it's our biggest fear with our river cruise, our Christmas markets river cruise, is whether our nine-year-old son at the time, actually he'll be 10 by then, uh, will uh, get any enjoyment out of it or whether or not it'll be a major fail. But I want to take him to Europe. Uh, so I'm curious, it sounds like you would do it again because uh, you said you were looking at it for London potentially, or maybe that was just looking at the hotels that ABP We're looking at the hotel for London. London. Yeah, next year we're going to go um, on a 10-night cruise that leaves from London and ends in Copenhagen. So um, I think we'll do London on our own, but I might stay at the hotel that Adventures by Disney used because we thought they did a really good job. No, no, I mean, let me ask the question, would you do an ABD again? Or did you think that the, the value was just not worth it? I don't think that we would, for our family, do it again. I could see if my parents traveled, I think it would be great for them. Because, you know, getting on apps and finding cabs and rides, and that's not for everybody. And a lot of planning in advance isn't for everybody. Some people don't want to do that. So I think it's okay for some people, but I don't think it was the best fit for our family. Now, maybe if we did something more ambitious, like, you know, touring Asia or Egypt, then maybe we would consider it. Right now, we don't have any plans for a future ABD for our family. Well, let's head over to the star of the show. I mean, we are the DCL duo, so we got to talk cruising. And uh, you had not one, but two fabulous Mediterranean cruises. So we already know they were on the Magic because that's the ship over in the Med right now. Had you been on the Magic before? We were on the Magic once before. This spring break, we went on a Marvel Day at Sea five-night cruise out of Miami. So that was our first time being on the um, Magic. Um, I really like that ship. And, and how did you handle, you mentioned that you had your family, your, was it father or father-in-law? And then sounds like another couple traveling with you, another party traveling yeah, with you. Yeah, Chris's brother, sister-in-law, and his niece, who's seven. They were with us as well. So what kind of room did you end up getting on the ship just for your family, I guess? For the five of us, we actually got... This was the first time we had two staterooms and we had two navigators verandas that were connecting. We had never stayed in a navigators veranda before. They're really, the ones on the Magic and Wonder are really neat. They, um, it's kind of like a little porch. It's not a clear veranda um, and it looks like a porthole, but it's open air. Strangely for these two cruises, it was less expensive for us to have two navigators veranda rooms than one normal deluxe family veranda room that would hold five of us. Did the balconies connect? I, I know sometimes with the navigator veranda, sometimes it's a fixed wall and not a um, one that they can open up. Right. The verandas can't connect on the navigator style ones on those ships, but the but, but our rooms connected. So that was okay. What was the boarding process like? You were in Barcelona. So what, yeah, what was the boarding process like out of Barcelona? Um, it was really easy. I think partially it was a little easier for us because of Adventures by Disney than it was for everybody else because they brought us to a separate line. Our boarding group time didn't matter. At first, some of the people in our group had some trouble because it said their boarding group was later. But once they found out, they were with ABD. They let us right in. And then we all had recovery letters. So we got to bypass the testing. So I thought it was very smooth sailing out of um, Barcelona. You went on this cruise in early June. Is that right? Yes. Uh, June 4th. How many people, um, if you heard, were on board on the this first cruise? About 1,200. I heard 1,190 from our um, head server. But our second cruise was more crowded. Yeah. I had heard that I'd heard that it was low capacity for some of the early sailings, but they were expecting it to steadily increase throughout the season. It was very empty on our first cruise. We did a family game show one night, and we our family was the only family there. <laughs> like, no one else was in the... <laughs> 
in the D lounge. And Megan from the cruise activity staff was awesome. She still made it fun for us and our and our kids. She did a, an excellent job. Just us. So you're just competing with each other, basically. You you I mean, you can field two teams. There's five of you. It was, it was the five <laughs> of us plus Chris's um, family and his niece was there. Oh yeah. So there's yeah eight of you. So there you go. Yeah. It was it was very empty at times. And um, I've heard others say that there's a kinetic energy with a certain number of people. And I, I, I felt like we were missing that kinetic energy sometimes. It would be very empty. It was nice. Nice. You never had to wait for anything. There was always chairs around the pool, but especially activities felt a little bit kind of lonely. Well, we need to take a quick pause in the action here to thank our amazing show sponsors over at My Path Unwinding Travel. You know, Sam and I had a chance to meet several of the agents from My Path Unwinding Travel on a recent cruise we did out of New Orleans in February, our first time sailing concierge. And let me tell you, those agents were so nice, so welcoming, and so knowledgeable to us. They answered all of our questions about concierge, even though we had not booked our vacation through them. We have since joined several of their fabulous Facebook groups where we've learned more about concierge and had even more questions answered. And let me tell you, they are just so responsive, so knowledgeable, so welcoming, such a positive energy in this community that we were so excited to welcome them on as our new show sponsor. So if you are interested in booking your next fabulous Disney Cruise Line vacation, you've been curious about concierge, you've been eyeing and adventures by Disney, you've been wanting to explore an all-inclusive vacation or some new destination that maybe Disney doesn't go to, let me tell you, Karen and her agents over at My Path Unwinding Travel are the people to talk to. And remember, you don't pay anything extra to use a travel agent to book your travel, they get paid at the time you travel. And so you are leaving this great knowledge and expertise on the table if you're not using a travel agent to book your next fantastic vacation. So head on over to www.mypathunwinding.com slash DCL duo so they know we sent you and we know you'll have an amazing experience with Karen and the entire team over at My Path Unwinding Travel. Thanks My Path Unwinding Travel for sponsoring the show. And now back to our episode. Well, since we can't tackle this cruise day by day, let me start by asking how many days were you on board or how many nights? I guess it's probably a better way to count it. How many nights were you on board and uh, what were the port stops for you? So we spent 14 nights on board. We had a six-night cruise and an eight-night cruise. Um, the first cruise left from Barcelona, and our first stop was um, in Villefranc, and we went to Nice that day. The next stop was in Genoa, and then we went to Florence and Naples, and that's all for that that one, right? And then that cruise ended in Kitavecchia, um, and we went to the beach that day. And then from there, the second cruise started, and that was mostly islands. It was a really awesome cruise. We went to Sicily um, the first day, and then we had some time at sea. We went to Mykonos and Santorini and Athens. And then we had another sea day. Um, We stopped in Naples again. And then that and in Kitavecchia. So we went to Naples on both cruises, but we did different things. On our first cruise, we went to Pompeii from Naples. And on our second cruise, we went to Capri, which was lovely. A couple of broad questions about the ports. So we've heard from several folks that some of those ports in Europe, the ship is docking at a place that's pretty far from the actual kind of intended destination, right? You know, sort of docking in one spot, but you really want to go see Rome. Do you find that on this cruise? Was it like long transit times between the port and, you know, the sites you wanted to go see? Um, mainly Florence was the far farthest away. So we, out of Livorno, we chose to go to Florence and it was about an hour and a half uh, cab ride. But some people chose to go to Pisa and other people went to Cinque Terre that day. One thing that caught my attention, uh, you mentioned, I don't want to, I'm going to come back and ask the question about some of the highlights out of your port excursions, because uh, I know lots of people will be interested in the sort of what to do. But one thing you mentioned that caught my attention uh, was you said your first cruise ended in Chittavecchia uh, and you went to the beach. 
So you you actually left the terminal, went out to the beach, and then came back and kind of went through the check-in process. That's right. We we got off the ship and um, I had read actually in a Rick Steves European cruise book about things to do uh, in Cittavecchia. So we saw a fort built by Michelangelo and we walked on the beach. It's a typical European beach with the gravel and not the sand. We probably spent a few hours there. It was it was beautiful. And then we went back to the ship. Um, we did have to, they gave us a gold card so that we didn't have to wait for a boarding group or anything when we returned. Yeah, that's just interesting. I, I think when everyone thinks of the back-to-back cruise, there's always the, the back-to-back day where I just get to get right back back on the ship. So it's really it's really interesting to hear taking that time to go do something else. And it's, it's really interesting. Uh, I assume you, you, you did that all on your own. There was no or Disney excursion or help on that side of things. No, yeah, we did it on our own. It really was only like a 15 minute walk from the ship to the beach. Well, what were some of the other highlights out of the excursions? I mean, you went to a lot of fabulous ports, but uh, anything really in particular, you'd say you must do this or on the other side, skip this. <laughs> the best day, if you asked everyone in my family, I think most people would say was our day in Capri. We had a lovely day in Capri. I met another family through our cruise Facebook group and we split a, um, a tour. There's, it's called Mondo Shared Tours. It was a private tour just for the 10 of us. Our guide met us right at the hydrofoil and had our tickets waiting for us. And we got right on the hydrofoil and she brought us to Anna Capri. And Anna Capri, we rode the chairlift to the top of the highest point on the island. I thought that sounded fun, but it really was amazing. I think everyone loved it. It's about a 13-minute ride, and it's this beautiful uh, view, and we had a sunny day, and birds were chirping, and you can see um, not just all the beautiful sights, but you can see people in their backyards, and you can see some of the nature trails. We really like that. And then you get to, you spend some time at the top. Then we took the, the ride back down. We shopped in Anna Capri, and then the best part was they brought us um, on a boat all around the island, and we swam in the water. And um, looked at some of the grottos. It was just a great day. And then we took the hydrofoil back. It was very well organized. We were never worried about missing the boat because our, our, you know, our guy was really responsible and knew the hydrofoil schedule. So I think that was our favorite. We all like Pompeii as well in Naples. So both of our Naples stops were big hits with all five of us, I would say. We went to the Acropolis. We did a private tour of the Acropolis. I really like Florence with kids, I think was kind of hard. I appreciated it. And I think my older, uh, I think my daughter did, but I don't think my boys like Florence as much. So I might not go back to Florence with kids. There was nothing wrong with it. Our guide was great, but I think it was a little bit too much just history and art history for them. We did climb the steps to the, the steps to the top of the Duomo at the end before we went back. And I think they liked that part. That was nice. So Echo Capri is gorgeous, home to one of Sam's favorite spots, the Blue Grotto. Uh, you can go back into our catalog to understand why. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ryan is making a joke there because I threw up in the Blue Grotto. Oh, no. <laughs> you didn't have your you didn't have your blisslets with you, Sam. I didn't That's have why. my blisslets. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. So, but um, I'm curious for the Florence, the day that you're you know you're going into Florence. There's a lot of little cities in and around Tuscany. Did they have any excursions that went to some of those kind of smaller towns in Tuscany? I think they may have had one that went to Luca. We didn't do any Disney excursions. We did everything on our own. So I didn't, um, I'm not positive because I didn't really look in detail at what Disney had to offer. But I think I did see one to Luca from Livorno. Yeah, Luca's one of our favorites. Luca's a really, if, if, if you're thinking about going to Tuscany on a Disney cruise or otherwise, I highly recommend taking a tour or a just get over to Luca. It's not a town that I felt like really needed a tour guide. It was just fun to wander around and has a lot of history. So that's a good town. You're mentioning Pompeii. What was uh, what was that like and, and what did you enjoy doing there? Um, the company picked us up right from the port and then we met our guide at Pompeii. And our guide has had his PhD in archaeology and was really passionate and enthusiastic about Pompeii. And he was 
charismatic. So he kept the attention of the kids. Um, it even rained a little bit while we were there, but he showed us so much. And I mean, Pompeii just being there, is, it's so amazing. It's so awesome. We all liked that. And then at the end of that day, we were supposed to go to Mount Vesuvius. And so they brought us up to the top. But when we got there, we didn't get out to hike because it was so cloudy. You, you really couldn't see more than probably 10 feet in front of you at the top of the mountain. But the Pompeii Day, um, you know, seeing all of the um, of the city and learning about it, all the the seeing the um, leftover paint on the buildings and the mosaics, it was really fascinating. At the end of that day, my daughter and I and my husband went to the archaeology museum in Naples because that's where a lot of the stuff from Pompeii was. So we saw, you know, jewelry and games and pots and hardware, more mosaics and frescoes from Pompeii that they've moved from Pompeii to the museum to protect them. And that was really neat, too. Our boys had kind of been toured out by then, so they went back to the ship. That's the benefit, I guess, of going with family, right? If somebody, if not everybody wants to continue the full day, you can, you know, if there's, if half the family's going back, you can send them back with the, with the rest of them, right? Any other big highlights from your shore excursions on either cruise that really stood out for you in terms of either good or bad? Oh, and we had a really nice day in Sicily as well. We did another tours by local uh, locals. Um, our guide, Mario, met us as soon as we got off the ship. He met us and showed us where to walk. He took us to a little seaside village. I can't remember what it's called. And we took boat rides around there and went to that blue grotto. Um, and then after that, he took us to Tamarina and then um, brought us back. And we saw the basilica and he took some pictures of our family um, at this really high point overlooking the ship. So we have the magic in the background. That was a really fun day. And then one other day that wasn't an actual actual port excursion. But when we spent two days in Rome after the cruise, we did a tour of the crypts. So we did the um, Cabruchin crypts and then the catacombs. Everyone liked that as well. Like my, even our kids uh, really like that. Oh, I love that. That that I think that would be a really fun one. <laughs> I think as long as the kids aren't too freaked out or spooked out, right? That's a, it's kind of a, it's, it's better than museums for kids. <laughs> yeah. And the catacombs were, you know, it's, it was a relief from the heat. It was very hot in Rome when we were there. So it's 60 degrees in the catacombs. And that was really nice. And there's frescoes in there. And um, there's many catacombs outside the city wall, the ancient city walls of Rome. We went to the one called Priscilla. Um, and we saw like the first known image of the Virgin Mary that has ever been painted and lots of frescoes in there as well. It was very interesting, more than we had expected. We enjoyed that tour. It sounds like this tours by locals, it, it was really a big hit it, overall. I mean, the, it's a, this is a company you used on, on several of these uh, port excursions. I'm, I'm calling them port excursions. I know they weren't booked through Disney, but um, you know that that's the only word I can think of to describe them. Yeah, we used them. And then um, we, we used a couple other local companies that I found on TripAdvisor. We also shared a tour with the other family that we went to Capri with of Santorini as well. And we saw a lot of fun stuff in Santorini. But we we got off the ship an hour and a half later than we had wanted to. Um, you know, Disney posts the times that you could get off, but with on the two tender ports, there was a big delay, and they wouldn't let us get off till about an hour and a half after they had published. So our guide had to kind of modify our day in Santorini. So we didn't get to spend as much time swimming at the beach that we wanted to. So I have one more question about the the port stops and the excursions and, and that sort of thing, which is just that. So usually sailing into Europe, that's the star of the show, right? You, the the ports you stay in. I'm curious on the food side of things. Did you feel like you were able to partake of any of the local food on the excursions you were on? Yeah, we did, especially when we spent more time in Rome. But even on our excursions, on our, our first Naples day, we ate at a restaurant on the side of Mount Vesuvius and we had the best pizza I've ever had in my life there. 
that was really delicious. And then our, our day in Capri, we had the Capri sandwich because that's what they're known for. And, you know, we've all had Capri sandwiches here, delis, but um, it was really one of the best sandwiches I've ever had in my life. We had that on our boat ride when we were there. That was really good as well. Gelato is something that my kids had sometimes more than once a day at every port. We had really good gelato in Barcelona and in Portofino, but it was it was good everywhere. And then um, one day in, in Capri, we made a stop and tasted a lot of different of their lemon snacks and then ended up bringing a lot of those home with us. Yeah, that's, um, you can get obviously limoncello, but all kinds of lemon types of, you know, drinks and candies and things like that. Yeah. Lemon, everything, pasta and soap. Yeah. Chocolate. Well, it sounds like obviously, you know, as Brian said, the the port stops are sort of the the star of the of the show. But you're also on a Disney, you know, cruise line ship. You know, what kinds of stuff did you guys get up to on board when you had those sea days, or when you came back from your your shore excursion day? Um, Chris and I really enjoyed the adult area on the Magic. Um, I, I think I like it better in the Magic than I do on the um, the Dream Class ships. So we would we would come and hang out at Signals and sit in the hot tub read by the pool. My youngest, who's 11, he loves all of the game shows and was in karaoke. He loves silent disco. But yeah, Grayson, my youngest went to the Edge a lot. My older two didn't really go to any of the kids' clubs. We went to a lot of trivia um, and the game shows. I know, Sam, that you like to go to the shows. My daughter and I went to all the musicals, Dream and Tangled. They had a Broadway performer on board, and she was one of the guest performers. So one night, she just performed a bunch of Disney classics, and that was great. She also started as Mother Gothel on that one. We learned how to juggle from the juggler who was on board with us. I love all those stage shows, including the variety acts. Of course, I like the Dis- the Disney sh- stage shows better, but even some of the variety acts are, are really fantastic. So I'm glad you guys had some good ones. On our first cruise, there was a great mu- musician. And Chris also wants me to mention that he liked listening to the lounge music. But, you know, the live musicians they have on board are always great. So we enjoyed listening to them. They didn't have any live musicians out by the um, Cove Cafe and Signals uh, on either cruise, which we are a little disappointed about that because um, on our previous cruise this spring, they did have live music out right by the pool, which we enjoyed, but I enjoy their live music at all their venues. We did a mojito tasting with um, uh, Chris and his uh, dad and I did a mojito tasting and it was it was really fun. There were so many mojitos. So luckily we had two other adults with us. So we, when we left, we brought them some mojitos because it was more than we could finish. Well, I didn't know that there was that much variety in mojitos. <laughs> what were what were the um, what were uh, if you can remember what were the you know I'm sure there's a traditional but what were the other varieties? There was a classic one, then there was a hot pepper one, which I really liked. It, it wasn't that spicy, but it had that pepper flavor. Then there was a fruit flavored one with um muddled berries. It had like muddled raspberries and strawberries in it, and then they made a couple with other kinds of alcohol in it instead of the white rum. Um, and they made a cup. What's that other drink? There's a drink called like a capriata that's similar to a mojito. So they made two of those at the end. And then when we were leaving, they tried to all give us a shot of rum on the way out. But we had had enough to drink by that point. And children and stuff to take care of also. Right, right. Three kids on board that kind of cramp your cramp your mojito drinking style. I, I hear you. <laughs> and we went, my husband and I went to Palo for dinner the first night of the second cruise. Because our kids had known our, we had a great server, Getty R, in the main dining room, who we loved for both cruises. So they knew Getty R very well. So they ate dinner, the three of them, just with him on the first night of the second cruise. And we ate at Palo. We skipped brunch. We did brunch at Palo post-pandemic in the spring, and we really missed the buffet part. So we didn't do any brunch since there was no buffet. I'm okay with it without the buffet, but I understand. It's not, it's not the same experience. Yeah. 
And then we got, um, my daughter and I had a massage on the first day of the first cruise. So, you know, once they're 13, the, the kids can get spa treatments, but the parent has to be present the whole time. So for spring break, she had a, cru- um, a facial and I had to just sit in the room and be quiet. So this time I figured if I have to sit in the room anyway, I might as well join in. So we had a mother-daughter massage on the first day of the first cruise. And that was really nice. And then my husband and I had a, a couple's massage on the second cruise. Oh, one other thing we like to do on sea days is um, my daughter and I do a thing called sea day Sundays. We go and get ice cream. We don't eat, usually don't eat lunch at the sit down restaurants. Even if we don't eat lunch there, we go and have an ice cream Sunday there on our sea day. I like that tradition. I, you know, a lot of people end up doing, you know, the on deck uh, ice cream, but I love, I love the idea of the a sea day Sunday because every at every meal pretty much there's a Sunday on the menu. Yes, and they're always really good Sundays. They were really um, into ch- mint chocolate chip ice cream on this trip. Like every Sunday was mint chocolate chip based, but they were all great. And we had the late season for dinner, so um, we liked to go to the Cove Cafe and get that. They have those little trays of cheese and olive and breadsticks, and we would have those as a snack a lot of times after excursions, waiting be- waiting for our later dinner. They were really good. I-, I think they were the same breadsticks we had in Palo. How was Maine dining? It sounds like you you guys had a great server, and you know felt obviously your kids felt comfortable enough uh, and really enjoyed that server to go you know to dinner on their own. But how was you know any difference in the quality of food? Or, you know, and did you have any interesting menus in main dining? We had one special menu called the World Dining Menu. And the waiters all wore vests with flags from all over the world um, on our eight-night cruise. I can't remember what the food was that night, though. But it was a different menu that we hadn't seen in our previous rotational dining. Oh, yeah. And the Pirate Night menu was different than the normal Pirate Night menu on our longer cruise as well. Oh, interesting. An alternate pirate night menu. Hmm. And our um, we're vegetarians, so our waiter knew that. There's already a great selection for vegetarians, um, and we eat fish too on board. But every night they would make us Indian food as well. It's so good. <laughs> we had that experience. <laughs> it's so it's delicious. Food. Like they would bring us, like we would order off the main menu, but then they would bring us all a plate, like a whole separate dinner of Indian food. Um, the sauces on their foods are so good. And then on the first cruise, some of the people traveling with us are not vegetarian and they even brought them Indian food that had meat in it and we we always loved it. And it sounds like the service for you guys w- was as good as well. Any any hiccups or differences in in any of the service in general? I don't think so. No, I thought the service was great and Cabanas was back to normal um tra- you know gone the first week of March and then Cabanas was a little different still with pandemic modifications but this time it um, it had everything you know the seafood station, the fresh food station, the omelets, the fresh fruit, excuse me. Our second cruise was a lot more crowded too. There was about 1,900 people in that. We could tell the difference. Oh yeah, that's almost, I mean, that's only 500 under like full capacity for the magic and the wonder. So I would expect that that would feel very different. Um, Yeah, and a lot more crowded. So I think we've reached that point in the show, Sam, where I'm going to throw it over to you for rapid fire. So take it away. Awesome. Well, Kelly, I know you listen to the show, so I know I need not tell you that there are no rules to rapid fire except the arbitrary ones I make up as we go along. So let's start with your favorite Disney or Pixar character. Uh, Rapunzel. Nice. Oh, so it was perfect that you were on the magic. (laughs) It's yeah. I mean, the wish will be her ship also because she's off the back of the ship. But I feel like the magic is really Rapunzel's ship. All right. What is your favorite Disney or Pixar movie? If I have to do Disney, it would be uh, Rapunzel. But if I could include Marvel, then it would be Iron Man. You absolutely can include Marvel because that is, you know, Disney owns everything. So 
What is your favorite Disney song? Right now it's Surface Pressure from Encanto. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. I love that song. I don't understand why everybody loves Bruno. Honestly, Surface Pressure is a better song. It is better. This is a perfect segue too, because you obviously like musicals. What is your favorite Disney stage show? And I'm going to not limit this to the magic that you were just on, but any of the ships. I think it might be the um, Beauty and the Beast on the Dream. Awesome. Great, great show. All right. What is your favorite bar on board? Again, any Disney Cruise Line ship. I like the bar that's outside of Palo on the Dream and the Fantasy. I can't remember. Uh, Meridian. Meridian. Yes. That is an awesome space. I love that. It's like a secret place. Not many people know about it. Yeah. Well, because you don't really walk over there unless you're going to Palo and Remy, right? All right. Favorite space on the ship other than Meridian? It doesn't have to be a bar, any space. Uh, I like the adult pool area on the Magic. Nice. All right. Favorite onboard activity? Other than just relaxing, I like the game shows with my kids. Nice. I love those too. Favorite rotational dining? I like Lumiere's. Oh, interesting. Hmm. I think the menu there is great. It has French themed food. So I really like their menu too. That is the best menu because it's the same menu as Triton's Royal Court Royal Palace. Yeah. All right. Now this might be a really difficult question, but which one of the four is your favorite Disney Cruise Line ship? I I have to say the fantasy. I think it's because our first trip was on the fantasy, but that's my favorite. Yeah. I think, you know, there's always going to be a special place in your heart for your first Disney Cruise Line cruise. Yeah. All right. And my last question for you in this rapid fire round is bucket list Disney cruise. You can go anywhere in the world and it's going to be on a Disney Cruise Line ship, even if Disney Cruise Line does not currently sail there. Where would that be? Well, the um, the Greek Island one that we just did was one of them. So my new one is Iceland. Ooh, that would be awesome. All right, cool. And then the other thing I'll ask is just what's next? What have you got booked next? We're going to do uh, back-to-back cruises on the Wish around Christmas time. Um, so a three night and a four night to make it a week. And then next summer, we're planning to go to Europe on the Dream for the leaving from London. And it will make three stops in Iceland. So I'm really excited about that. Oh, awesome. So you basically already, you already have your bucket list booked. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, we'll have to have you back to talk about that one. Well, Kelly, we really just appreciate you taking the time to come on the show and share your experiences. Would love to have you, but you mentioned the cruise uh, out of London next year and certainly welcome to come back even before then, but uh, would love to have you back to talk about that cruise because that sounds like an amazing sailing. But what an amazing adventure you and your family had, uh, no pun intended, on your adventures by Disney, your two Mediterranean cruises. Sounds like a lot of fun. I know Sam and I can't wait to potentially do a med cruise someday with Disney. So thank you for coming on, Kelly. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. Well, I hope you enjoyed hearing all about Kelly and her family's amazing adventures by Disney and back-to-back Mediterranean cruise. What an amazing trip. I envy her and her family for getting a chance to take those trips together. So we can't wait to get back to Europe on our next sailing after our experience with Dover and the Norwegian Fjords. And I'll tell you, the Med is close to the top of our list. Not quite at the top, but close. So can't wait to get back over to Europe and sure appreciate Kelly coming on and sharing her experiences with us. With that, I do have 
another five-star review to read on the air this week. This one comes from CVG1234-4321, who writes, I loved your Disney Wish coverage. Thanks for two great episodes about the Disney Wish with Karen Shelton from my Path Unwinding Travel. I loved hearing all the details. I'll definitely tune in again soon. Thank you for that. We had such a blast putting out all of our Wish coverage. A few folks have said they thought we had the best coverage out there of the Disney Wish, which is amazing to us, and we really just appreciate the love of that coverage because we hustled hard to get lots of people on who had early experiences with the wish and i can tell you we're already thinking about and planning for what our coverage of the treasure will look like and we hope to up our game one more time for all of you out there so really appreciate that feedback glad those episodes were well received because it took a lot of time effort and care to get all that coverage out to you while we were traveling ourselves so thank you for that feedback with that i do just want to thank each and every one of you out there for listening this week please remember to subscribe to the podcast so you can keep getting great content from the dcl duo each week if you have not already please head over to apple Podcasts, hit those five stars leave us a written review and if you do we will be sure to read it on the air at the end of one of our upcoming episodes and i've said this to folks in our facebook group but if your finger is hovering over anything less than five stars please reach out to us we'd like to hear your feedback directly and be given a chance to respond which is something the apple podcast platform doesn't allow us to do if you'd like to find all the ways to connect with us and all the ways to connect with our content head over to dcl duo.com we've got links off to every place you can find us including our youtube channel our etsy store our blog our podcast archive it's all in one place dclduo.com that's where you should head if you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show you can email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at dclduo you can also join our dcl duo vlog and podcast facebook group if you'd like to join a conversation with some like-minded dcl duo fans and cruisers like yourself you can also connect with us by calling into our voicemail line we love getting voicemails from listeners and responding to them on the air so if you want to leave us a question or a comment or a complaint we will read it on the air and respond in real time as long as it's family friendly phone number for that is 402-413-5590 that's 402-413-5590 that'll head straight into our google voice of voicemail system so don't worry you're gonna be waking us up in the middle of the night with your comments and questions of course if you'd like to help support the show please head over to patreon.com slash dcl duo and choose from one of our monthly support tiers we've seen more patreons joining our channel over there and we just really really appreciate the support of each and every one of our patreons they are such a valuable community to us for helping us to defray the cost of this show each and every month of course, you can also help support the show by browsing to mypathunwinding.com slash dclduo to book your next fabulous Disney cruise line vacation. Please use that link so they know we sent you their way. The DCL Duo podcast and vlog are not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast, and I know we reflect the views of the Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL Duo. Good night.